Welcome to the first ever Popcorn and Nerds podcast. My name is Taylor D. Adams. I'm joined with my buddy who brings the bass, Mark Goings. Mark, how are you today? Not too bad, Taylor. How about you? I'm doing great. For those of you tuning in for the first time, well, you should, because this is the very first episode. Popcorn <laughs> and Nerds is a podcast about all things that are good uh, regarding TV, film, video games. And snacks. Yeah, and snacks for sure. Uh, so we want to thank you, first off, for joining us on this journey, if you will. Yes, we appreciate it. Uh, so anyway, let's, uh, let's jump right into it. Uh, just a quick introduction. Myself, I am a uh, television and digital producer uh, for Scrapped Productions, who has generously decided to make this thing a podcast. It's been kind of cool. <laughs> uh, and yeah, that's my story. Mark, what about you? Oh, uh, as far as the podcast goes, I'm just kind of a consumer of all things entertainment. Uh, I play a lot of video games, watch a lot of TV. In the real world, uh, I'm a digital marketer by trade currently. So a little bit of uh, insight really on what this podcast is going to look like. Uh, so every episode, weekly, we're going to review some nerdy pop culture things, whether it's a video game, whether it's a new movie that came out, whether it's a new TV show we binged over the week or whatever. Um, we're also going to talk a little bit about uh, junk food. And by junk food, I mean just things we eat while we watch these, while we watch media for yeah. lack of a better term. I'm a big fan of uh, whenever new flavors of random things come out, picking them up and giving them a shot. And uh, basically, I'm going to force Taylor to eat some of these with me. Yeah, it, this was this was Mark's idea. Yes. I'm a fan of delicious flavor. <laughs> All right. Sorry. Let's, let's just get it over with. What you got? Uh, today, I brought with me, besides the beer we're drinking, which is a Thick Mint by Southern Tier, uh, Thin Mint inspired, drinking Girl Scout cookies. Uh, but... For the actual snack, uh, Oreo released a few new flavors, as they are like to do. Uh, this one is hot and spicy cinnamon Oreos. So if you're familiar with the Valentine's Day candy of the little cinnamon hearts... That doesn't sound that good. Yeah, I'm not super excited about it. Those aren't my favorite. Well, why did you bring it? Because I saw them and I wanted to try them. All right. And we'll see what those are like. Let me grab... Well, no one ever said you were boring, Mark. I know. Oh, God. They smell so cinnamony. All right. Go ahead and activate the smell-o-vision uh, option on your <laughs> Apple Podcast app real quick. They don't seem terrible. They look like the winter Oreos. They smell like dentine gum. <laughs> the cinnamon kind, obviously. Yeah. All right. Let's... If you don't chew Big Red, fuck you. <laughs> right, let's try this thing. Nothing better than the sound of people chewing on microphones. You're welcome. Okay, I'm actually not mad at it. Yeah, it's not terrible, actually. <laughs> I thought I would be like, okay, this is gross, but now i got to eat this whole package because I bought it. No, you know what it tastes like? It tastes like gingerbread cookies. A little bit. Yeah. I think it tastes like Slightly gingerbread cookies. Slightly different spice because of the, the, the well, well, cinnamon. cinnamon and not hey, ginger. Hey, shut up. <laughs> but with the chocolate, it's more subdued than it smells like it would be. So we'll just, we'll keep eating these. Hey, thank you guys for not, for still listening. This is great. <laughs> yeah, if you've made it this far, I think we're uh, <laughs> mostly done with chewing in your ear. Mm. Mostly. Mostly. Okay, um, so let's get to the stuff you you guys are looking forward to hearing, if you are. That's very presumptuous of me. <laughs> First episode, we're glad you're looking forward to hearing this. Yay, we're off to a great start. Mark, a uh, big week for Nintendo, yeah? Yeah, um, I guess a little over a week ago... Nintendo had a mini Nintendo Direct. Um, what, is, what, is, what does that mean? Nintendo has basically decided to forego trade shows with big announcements and things like that. And instead, they're, they deliver news directly to consumers through these pre-recorded presentations about uh, announcing new games, new features, new hardware, things of that nature. Um, and they do these a couple times throughout the year. And last week they had what they called a mini Nintendo Direct, which was about 15 minutes long, uh, as opposed to the usual like 45 minutes to an hour that they do for some of their other announcements. Um, and this was basically just to show off some of the things that are coming up this year uh, and in the future with the Nintendo Switch, which has been wildly successful for Nintendo so far since it's released last March. Um, so I'm not going to hit on everything that was in the mini Nintendo Direct. Not all of it is exciting to me. So if I leave out something that you found exciting, I apologize. Uh, but I have the microphone, so <laughs> I'm going to talk about the things that were interesting to me. Hashtag sorry, not sorry. Yeah, really. And um, 
the first thing that was announced was The World Ends With You. Uh, big fan of this game back on the DS when it was originally released. Um, God, I guess that was in the late aughts. Um, You're the only one I know that uses that term. I know, I like using that one. An octothorpe. A what? Hashtag octothorpe. O- octothorpe. Octothorpe. Because eight, because it has the eight. And yeah, it's fine. Don't worry about it. Okay. Um, anyway, off topic. But The World Ends With You um, is a action RPG from Square Enix, the makers of Final Fantasy. Let's go. Right? And um, basically, you're a kid who wakes up in uh, Shibuya in Japan. Shibuya! Uh, which is known as a uh, fashion center. And so all the, the characters are very uh, stylishly animated, designed. They wear a lot of fashionable clothes. And uh, one of the ways you actually gain powers in the game is through adding patches to your clothes uh, that enable different effects and abilities. But... Um, Basically, the world is going to be erased, and you have to figure out why and stop it. Uh, and this is all done in a very stylistic uh, format. And it, originally, on the DS, you had to play it on both screens at the same time, because the DS, for people who aren't familiar, is a two-screened handheld system. And so there was fights that would be happening on the top screen that you would be controlling with the buttons and the directional pad, and a fight that was happening on the bottom screen that you would be controlling with the touchpad. Stylus. Uh, so if you're not good at multitasking, this is not the game for you. Or that sounds like that sounds like my worst enemy. Or wasn't the game for you, I should say. Uh, a couple years back, they released it on iPhones and Android devices, removing the top screen battle. So everything was consolidated to one screen. And that seems to be the version that we're getting on the Switch now. Um, so if you didn't pick it up then or back when it was on the DS, this is a chance to do that uh, and experience this game and I definitely recommend it uh, if you are into any of the things mentioned. RPGs, action RPGs, uh, Shibuya, Japan. Shibuya. F- fashion, yeah. <laughs> that just um, sounds like the best exclamation yeah, right? in the world. It's like booyah. Yeah. But with Shibuya. A sh- Shibuya. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, moving on from there, um, Kirby Star Allies. There's a new Kirby game coming out for the Switch. And it's multiplayer and it's Kirby. So it's gonna be solid. I mean, if you, you I honestly can't think of the last time I played a Kirby game, though. Like I really can't. Probably, the, probably the '64. See, I skipped that one. The Crystal yeah. Shards. Yeah, yeah, that was it. I think I've heard good things. Uh, our friend Evan suggested that as well. He liked that one. Hmm. Um, but that one I actually skipped. I'll go back and play it eventually. My infinite backlog can use another title. Um, but yeah, Kirby games are generally fun. Um, little pink fluff ball, you absorb people, take their powers, and use those to navigate uh, platforming sections of stages, complete challenges. So that'll be fun. Fun for the whole family. Basically. Um, Hyrule Warriors Definitive Edition. This was a game that was released... How definitive is it? Definitely definitive. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this game was released on the Wii U... Um, and it was fantastic. I'm normally not a fan of the Dynasty Warriors games, which this mimics, and it is uh, produced by Koei Tecmo, who does the Dynasty Warriors and Samurai Warriors games. But there's enough Legend of Zelda fanfare in here that I was able to play through the game and thoroughly enjoy it. And the definitive version comes with all the DLC that was released previously on the Wii U, and then gives people who didn't have a Wii U the chance to experience this game which there's another couple titles on here that are similar to that where they've been ported over. Um, the Wii U kind of was c- pretty commercially panned. People didn't really care for it. Um, so the Switch has already almost outsold the Wii U and it's been out for less than a year. So uh, it's, it's kind of cool that Nintendo is giving people the opportunity to experience these games that they wouldn't have otherwise if they decided to skip the Wii U, which, as I mentioned, a lot of people did. Yeah, uh, I had one, but it was more of a, hey, I haven't had a video game system, a console, in a while. Uh, what do I get? And I was like, oh, we use less expensive. And Smash Brothers. Yeah, uh, and oh, yeah, Smash Brothers, Mario, Mario Kart, Kart, are like the two main selling points for me, so I just got it. And I've had it for like a couple years, but the last year I had it, I maybe played it like three times. I know. It makes me sad, but... <laughs> 
It is what it is. Um, hey, look, I sold it on Craigslist, and it was ended up being somebody's Christmas gift. So, oh, so Merry Christmas to that person. See, there you go. That's all. I'm I'm just trying to do the world. <laughs> it's not like I threw it away. True. Well, moving on with the Nintendo Direct real quick. The uh, the next thing that came through on there was Mario Tennis Aces. Um, Dude, Mario Tennis games. Oh my God, they're so much fun. I still hook up the Nintendo 64 and go back and play Mario Tennis. That's oh. still the best one. Oh, yeah. No doubt. Um, and actually, my brother sold his Nintendo Switch already because he does that. He buys things and then sells them. Um, no judgment. Yeah. Love you. Mean it. Um, but he saw that the Mario Tennis game was coming out, and he was like, son of a... I'm going to have to... <laughs> so he may end up buying another Switch, actually, or more likely coming over to my house and playing it. Yeah, that might happen. Yeah. yeah, I would play that. I would play that Mario Tennis game on sixty four for hours. Yes, and it's like I'm just playing tennis. Yeah, yeah. From what I understand, though, this uh, the Nintendo Direct uh, they just came out. Uh, they were talking about how there's a story mode with this one, mm-hmm. which I found intriguing. Yeah, which I didn't think you could really integrate, but I guess you you can. Yeah, it's just you wouldn't think to. <laughs> yeah, I guess the only other time in a Mario Tennis game it's had a story mode was on the Game Boy Advance. Which, again, I don't think most people were playing Mario Tennis on the Game Boy Advance. No, I played Super Dodgeball. Nice. That's yeah. a good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so, I mean, Mario Tennis, I assume the story will be something simple like, oh, you know, you need to go and play tennis across the Dinosaur Kingdom, Mushroom Kingdom. And, uh, yeah, it'll be like a little simple world map that you'll move from place to place. And at each stop, it'll be a, a tennis match or some kind of challenge. Yeah. Uh, they showed off a thing where there's a lot of the piranha plants and they'll spit out little fire tennis balls and you have to swat them back at them and basically make them choke on them and disappear. So as one does. Yeah. That's what you do with tennis ball spitting piranha plants, I guess. <laughs> I guess so. Um, from there, the, there's only a couple more announcements that I feel like are really worth mentioning. Uh, Donkey Kong is joining the Mario plus Rabbids game. Let's go. Yeah. They, love, me, uh, love me some DK. Mario and Rabbids was kind of a, a cult success uh, here recently. The company Ubisoft that put the game out apparently did this as a passion project and pitched it to Nintendo and... Nintendo was like, yes, this looks sweet. Run with it. And when they showed it off at E3 and got such a positive response to it, uh, like they showed the lead developer and he was literally in tears that people were receiving this game so well. Um, So it's really cool. It's essentially uh, XCOM, for people who are familiar with that. It's a a tactics-based game. Uh, So you move kind of on a grid and it's very structured and you take turns. Like you'll move, you'll do your attack computer will move they'll do their attack and it's a very planned kind of mode uh but it's a lot of fun and the rabbits are crazy they're from the rayman series and uh yeah they just uh in what's the word i'm uh trying to think of here take over but that's not the uh the the word I'm thinking world of. domination Whoop. Kind of. They end up in the Mushroom Kingdom and cause all kinds of havoc. Integration? Not integration, but regardless, that word is not important anymore. We're moving on. Uh, <laughs> so Donkey Kong's joining that game, uh, which will be cool for people who have played that game or are waiting to play that game. Maybe they got to switch for Christmas. So the last thing I'll... Well, the last two things I'll mention. Uh, Donkey Kong again, actually. Hey. Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze. Uh, this was also a game on the Wii U. That is being ported to the Switch. Uh, that was a fun game. I really liked that game. The Donkey Kong Country series, especially the most recent ones, um, made with uh, or by Retro Studios, the people who did the Metroid Prime series, right. uh, have been really well received as well. And again, this is just another instance of a game on the Wii U that was a fantastic game getting new life on the Switch for an audience that wasn't available to before. So it's really cool. They've added some new stuff to it. You actually get the ability to play as Funky Kong. Oh, yeah. Um, My dude. And he actually looks pretty OP. Uh, <laughs> overpowered for the kids who aren't up on the lingo. Um, basically, like, he has... It's kind of like... I don't know. I took it as, like, OG, which yeah. I was like... It's still, like, word. Yeah. Respect. Okay. The original Kong. No? Too much? <laughs> No, because that just sounds like okay. Uh, I know, but uh, that's all I got. 
Um, but yeah, he, he has his surfboard and he can use it to hover and he can use it to bounce on obstacles that would otherwise like harm you. So if there's spikes, that's hacks. Yeah. He can just throw down his surfboard. That's totally hacks. And bounce off of them. But I'm assuming you have to like earn the ability to play him. I don't know. Because otherwise everybody's just going to pick Funky Kong and just And just burn through it. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see what happens with that. But uh, it's like you got to beat the whole game. And like, oh, by the way, here's a cheat code. <laughs> yeah, but it's cool that he's included. Uh, I know Donkey Kong, Diddy Kong, and Cranky Kong were in there originally as playable characters. Right. I don't remember. I'm pretty sure there was a fourth one, probably Dixie, but I don't recall. Uh, May yeah. Who the fourth playable was? It wasn't Candy. No, wasn't she was Candy just the safe point girl. Yeah. Um, Hashtag feminism. Right. <laughs> Um, but lastly, uh, to wrap up the Nintendo Direct, Dark Souls. Um, hey, turn up. People love this series. They love this style of game. I get it's very, very, it's very adult. I get very frustrated with it. I, th- I think that's the point. It is. <laughs> um, you have to be very slow, very methodical. You will die, and you just need to take your time going through this game. Um, and I, I don't know, I tried playing them and I could never get into them. I'll probably pick it up again when it comes out on the Switch because one, I want to support Nintendo getting titles like this. Um, fantastic for third-party support uh, as well as just M-rated titles and things of that nature. Um, I'm glad to see that they are getting some of that support come to the Switch and I want to support that because I think that's what people want. Uh, not all people, but uh, some people. And it'll be nice to just have that option available to you on a Nintendo platform, which traditionally they stay more family friendly. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's good to just balance it out, you know, to, you know, they're definitely making their bread and butter off of the family stuff. Yeah. Um, but having those more adult mature games is, I mean, is, is good for business. It's, you can especially exercise some creativity with mm-hmm. the game developers and all that. Um, I feel like most of your adult content has come from, the PlayStations and the Xboxes and the PCs and stuff like that. Um, I mean, back I mean back in the day for like sixty four or something like that, Nintendo had Turok and Perfect Dark. Conquer's Bad Fur Day. Conquer's Bad Fur Day um, was a great game. <laughs> they revived that for the Xbox. That was a lot of fun. That was just that game was stupid. Yeah, it was, it was over the top, day. like dick and fart jokes, like yeah. And to think it spawned from Diddy Kong Racing. Well, Conquer had been around before that. And oh, he, he did. He okay. actually had a Game Boy that, Color. I game? did play. I did play the Game Boy Color game, but I thought that was. I came out after Diddy Kong. Uh, I don't. I mean, recall. you can, you can we, say I'm wrong if you know. I don't know. You might be right. I'm willing to say you might be. Uh, I think we have the internet. We have the internet. We can find out. Yeah, but I mean, um, yeah, it's just it, it to see games, to see everybody diversifying their game portfolio pretty yeah. much which nintendo's been doing a really good job with of this with the switch anyway uh doom is on there uh skyrim the wolfenstein 2 new colossus is coming out for it they released la noir mm-hmm. uh no more heroes 3 will be m-rated for sure uh suda 5 1 and that franchise are pretty ridiculous conquer the squirrel here we go what do you got wikipedia First game, Diddy Kong Racing, Hey, I win. You are correct. <laughs> and I admit that. Now, the question is, I think I just noticed this looking up at the page. Now, what can I think Diddy Kong Racing and then Banjo-Kazooie. Or did Banjo come out first? I think Banjo was first, yeah. Wait, that's Banjo-Kazooie. You gotta find oh, I just character clicked. Oh, it just, it just brought me to. There's the so Banjo-Kazooie Banjo. was... Yeah, Banjo-Kazooie was in 1998. Yep. Diddy Kong was 97. So Diddy Kong, Diddy was Kong first for a lot of these, man. Dude, Diddy Kong, I, man, we're not giving Diddy Kong Racing some credit. I know it's it a great game. Like, yeah, it's a big game. There's a lot of stuff in there, but it's so funny to see all these characters spawn off from it. Yeah, it's like Banjo Kazooie was a fantastic series, also. Oh my gosh, that game that might have, I think it might have been my favorite uh, N64 game. Nice. That's yeah. uh, people have a lot of fond feelings for that game, uh, similar to. It was Rare's answer to Mario 64. Right, right. Yeah, for sure. It um, was a lot of fun. It was. And then Banjo and Tooie I didn't play. Uh, I did. I played that. Uh, I I don't think I beat it. 
But Banjo-Kazooie for sure was fantastic, uh, as was uh, Diddy Kong Racing. Oh, that's right, David Wise, the guy who did the music for a lot of these games. Um, a game that came out recently called Snake Pass. Uh, it's made by an indie developer. It looks very Rare-inspired. They actually tracked this guy down and asked him to do the soundtrack for that game, and he did. Oh, well. Slalom back in 87. Yeah, so his oh, work man. goes all the way back to 87. Did WWF WrestleMania in 89. Sesame Street ABC, I had that game. <laughs> Jordan versus Bird, one-on-one. Snake, Rattle, and Roll. Oh, my gosh. Man, there's a lot of good stuff. Battletoads. Oh, Battletoads. Beetlejuice. Donkey Kong Country, yeah. See, here's where oh, we start wow, yeah, here we the, go. Uh, the rare games. Oh, wait, what is a game called It's Mr. Pants? I don't know. It's on the Game Boy Advance. What? Weird. By THQ. Rest in peace. Yeah, they uh, they made um, they made the uh, WCW at 64 games, yep. if I remember correctly. See, Snake Pass. Oh, and Ukulele. He came back for that, too. Ukulele is also very Banjo-Kazooie-esque. Okay. Uh, except you're a like chameleon and a bat. Viva Pinata. Nice. Just the pocket pair in this one. Oh, oh excuse me. But... Hey, Tropical Freeze, Donkey Kong Country. There you go. Yeah, this, wow, this, I, I never had even heard of this guy. And I, not because he hasn't been influential, just because I haven't paid attention yeah. to video game composers. Although you should, because every it's, person that works on a video game puts in hours upon hours upon hours upon days upon his, weeks. His instruments effort. are synthesizer, piano, and saxophone. Solid. Fun fact. Fun fact for David Wise. Shout out, David Wise. Keep up the good work, for yeah, sure. Appreciate it. You, uh, basically composed a lot of my childhood it looked like so i hear they say don't ever meet your heroes mark right uh oh hey look what's on my web web browser right now uh mark moving on to the next yeah moving on so wrapping up our nintendo news here uh that kind of wraps up the things that i thought were important from the nintendo direct or interesting um and then nintendo teased an announcement for uh children and are creative kids and like-minded adults or something like that. I forget is how they phrase it exactly. But I don't think anyone was expecting this. Um, Nintendo is releasing a new project called Nintendo Labo. L-A-B-O. And essentially, it is a game that you connect to your Nintendo Switch and do-it-yourself cardboard crafts. And so there's two packs coming out. Uh, there's the inventor kit, uh, which has just like um, a kit to make a fishing rod, a piano, a house, a little remote control car, uh, and a few other things. And then there's a, a robot kit. Uh, and the robot kit you actually build and then it attaches to you. It's a book bag with uh, little gauntlets that you put on that have rubber band resistance bands to uh, punch and move with. Um, A little visor that you attach to your head that the controllers go in. Uh, And basically, yeah, you move around and punch. It's Nintendo's VR answer without actually being VR. Yeah, that that robot thing looks looks fascinating to me because I don't know if it's the destructive mind that I have, but I'm immediately thinking about, okay, when does that break? Like how, because <laughs> it's, you know, all the stuff that you're making is out of cardboard. Yeah. People so, are already concerned about the longevity of this. Yeah. Like how can that, yeah, how can that last? Um, and the, the jokes on Twitter have been many. Uh, oh, I'm sure. And one of the things people were like, Nintendo, when we said we didn't want a room full of plastic accessories, this is not what we wanted. <laughs> um, hey, at least they're biodegradable. Exactly. All right? right? Let's think about that for a second. Uh, but I think this is interesting because this does spark creativity in a lot of young minds. Uh, being able to take this stuff and build it on a cardboard, um, I saw as many accounts that there were of jokes. There were people who were like, I have young children. I showed them this. And they wanted to go ahead and start building things out of cardboard right now in anticipation for this game, asking if we could get this. So it's interesting to me that just the creativity that this is going to you know, bring out in people. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, it is a predetermined kit, but there are it's cardboard so you can color on it and not get in trouble for it. There's stickers. There's other things you can do with it. And yeah, a lot of customizable options for sure. 
but so it's interesting, and uh, people are concerned because it's a little expensive, I guess. The uh, inventor kit that comes with the, like the five little mini game things um, is priced at sixty nine ninety nine, and then the robot kit is priced at seventy nine ninety nine. Both of these come with software unique to each of them, but then there's also all the different various cardboard kits, um, and so I guess. I could see that being worth it because if there is any kind of depth to these games and replayability, then that's worth it to me. Like, I, yeah, I, I agree. I, if you you have to approach it from the standpoint though that don't look at it like you're paying seventy dollars for a bunch of cardboard. Yeah, which is what everyone is doing right now. Because it, I mean, physically, yes, you kind of are. That yeah. is what it is. But the way the cardboard. Even just saying that word, you're like, why am I spending money on that? <laughs> the, the projects that come with it that can integrate with all the motion and the gyroscopic radio infrared techno babble stuff that goes on with the Switch controllers, that's what makes it worthwhile because you're yeah. buying this cardboard. But it's, it's a game. Yeah. Like the, it's a new game. Yeah, without the game, the cardboard is just cardboard, and you can do whatever you want with that. Yeah, like, you, don't need, you, can still you don't need to spend $70 on cardboard. You can you still can just... be creative and do stuff with that, but like there is still a game aspect to this. Um, and so it'll be interesting. Um, I ha- like There are a lot of naysayers. Uh, everyone wants everything to be for them, and I think it's okay that everything isn't. Uh, <laughs> I-, I think that Nintendo does what they do very well. They make things that are fun. Um, like I know when I sit there and pick up a Nintendo game, playing a new Mario, playing a new Zelda, like I have like this big smile on my face. Like it's just, it's fun to sit down and play those games and they know that market and they know that that's what games should be is fun. And so I'm not going to lie, like watching this, like I smiled while this trailer ran showing off these creative things, uh, with cardboard, different ways to use the controller with them. Um, it won't be for everyone, and that's fine. Uh, Nintendo came out and said very clearly, you know, hey, this is you know for creative kids and like-minded adults. So if that's not you, then move on with your day. It doesn't have to be for you. They started making the piano in the trailer, and my mind exploded. I was like, what? No. Yeah, you were like, how, how, how does this work, Mark? How does... I don't understand. And for those of you who haven't seen it, we'll put a link to it in, in the show notes below. Um, but it's not that the Nintendo controller itself is a piano and you're like pressing buttons on it like the Nintendo controller plugs into the side of a cardboard piano that you build mm-hmm. and you're pressing on cardboard keys that end up making noise yep which I, I science I, I don't know I don't know how that works <laughs> what I'm assuming based on what I know about the uh, switch they use the right Joy-Con which on the bottom of that there is that infrared camera And one of the things they talked about is that that can sense depth. And so I think when you're building the piano uh, on the uh, pieces announced that are going to come with these kits, there's reflective tape. And so what I'm assuming is that on the sides of the keys, you'll put reflective tape. So when you press it down, it pops up in the path of that infrared camera pointed inside the piano. And then based on the depth that it senses, knows what note that's supposed to be using the software. I'm sorry if that ruins the magic. No, uh, it doesn't. <laughs> I don't mind seeing how the sausage gets made. Yeah. It was more I was more saying that to convey this sense of wonder and imagination and yeah. creativity that's going into this entire project. It is. It's very creative. And again, that's kind of what Nintendo does. They shake things up, they march to the beat of their own drum. Uh and that's just what they've always done. And so I hope they keep doing that. I'm cool with that. Uh, how how those cookies? I only had one because I was talking too much. Yeah, I I let you talk, and then um, I had another one. And they're (laughs) still pretty good. Well, I'm going to let you talk, and I'm going to eat one real quick. Yay, it's my turn. Not that we're going to ever, you know, we just, we each have our strengths. But moving on to other things, uh, moving on to kind of our in-depth spoiler review part of the show. Uh, We're talking about a new Netflix show just came out. Uh, a couple, maybe about a week ago. Um, it's called The End of the Effing World. I'm James. I'm 17. And I'm pretty sure I'm a psychopath. 
When I was nine, I put my hand in a deep fat fryer. I wanted to make myself feel something. School was beneath me, but it was a good place for observation and selection. I had a plan. I was going to kill someone. Hey. I've seen you skating. You're pretty shit. Fuck off. Working all day with my mind on fire. I can't stop thinking of you. I kind of think I could fall in love with him. I thought she could be interesting to kill, so I pretended to fall in love with her. Walking all day with my feet on. This is nice. What is? I thought probably he was gay. He does prick. Let's leave this shithole town. I'm going whether you come with me or not. You in? I didn't know where we were going or when I was going to kill her. I say effing because it's spelled F star 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 ing. So I feel like that's the that's the proper way to say it. Yeah. Um, definitely. Very British series. Uh, it's new to Netflix, eight episodes, 20 minutes each. If you got a couple hours to kill, go ahead and knock it out. It's a lot of fun. The IMDb synopsis says, James is 17 and is pretty sure he is a psychopath. Alyssa, also 17, is the cool and moody new girl at school. The pair make a connection and she persuades him to embark on a road trip in search of her real father. And that's actually... The last half of that description is extremely sweet. And the first half of that description, you're like, wait, what's going on? Yeah. And that's pretty much how the show goes. Basically, um, yeah. Yeah, just not going into too many spoilers right off the bat. A very entertaining show. Um, it is a series that presents itself as one thing and ends up being another, which I always appreciate. I always <laughs> appreciate these twists that aren't necessarily like, you know, a, a, a Lost or a Doctor Who t- or a Game of Thrones type twist. We're like, what? It's just kind of something that evolves as you continue to watch this show. And I will say, too, like, outside, I know what you're talking about where it presents itself as one thing and then comes up as another. I guess I had a preconceived notion in my mind going into this since it says end of the effing world. I was expecting something kind of like post-apocalyptic, but like funny, like, oh, all of a sudden they're like the last people on Earth. Which that's not what this is at all. Uh, so, Spoilers. So, so, Spoilers is not about the apocalypse. <laughs> subverted my uh, uh, expectation. That's the word. Yeah, I I, 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 I could see that. Like I I, I kind of had a little bit of that, and I said, oh, more of like, oh, is this a post-apocalyptic thing, or is it like uh, the double entendre, uh, the world's end? Um, yeah. From the Cornetto trilogy, Edgar Wright, uh, or was it something like that? Um, but no, this is just yeah, it's just it was just a fun show for sure, uh, teen drama type of thing. Um, it stars Jessica Barden and Alex Hawther, who I didn't realize Mark Lothar. had to pull Lothar. I, yeah. yeah, Alex Lothar. Uh, Mark had to point out to me that he, he was in Black Mirror. He was in Black Mirror, and in Black Mirror, he did things that are not great. Um, yeah, we won't spoil that episode either. But his name was Kenny. Uh, and he gets in trouble. Yeah, he was in uh, season three of Black Mirror. Uh, the episode was called... It's something that doesn't... Oh, uh, Shut Up and Dance. Yep, that's yep. what it was. Yep. So he's in season three of Black Mirror. Uh, Lovely Eden, Shut Up and Dance. I think that's episode three. Um, so, and then Jessica Barden, who had been in uh, some episodes of Penny Dreadful, um, a show I never really watch that much uh, she was in the lobster as credit uh nosebleed woman um which i actually i i, I think i kind of remember i, I kind of remember that um lobster is also a really good movie <laughs> i like how they have her accredited for uh the end of the effing world it's just an acronym t-e-o-t-f-w so what we're gonna do on this show is we'll probably just give just kind of a brief summary of what we're going to review and then we'll let you know when spoilers are coming so you have a chance to Pause it or skip it or Ooh. go about your day. Do we have a spoiler alert sound to let people know that this is the point where they need to stop listening? Yeah. We do? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Five, four, three, two, one. Get those nerds! Nerds! So, end of the effing world. I, just to jump to the chase, I enjoyed this a lot. I wasn't quite sure if I would, and it's mainly because Netflix is putting out so many shows that I'm thinking, okay, some of these have to be duds, yeah. right? And there have been a few where I'm like, yeah, I'm not doing that one again, or Hemlock got, Grove. Hemlock Grove, 
rest in pieces. That was a <laughs> terrible show. And I cannot believe I gave myself six episodes to get into that thing. Um, but no, I thoroughly enjoyed this. Uh, like I said earlier, it kind of subverts what you think it's going to be. Um, just based off of the synopsis itself and based on the fact that the very first episode, you are introduced to the character of James through uh, limited voiceover, his voiceover, telling, mm-hmm. telling the audience or his imaginary friend or whoever that he thinks he's a psychopath. And going through the montage of like him hurting I like animals. How, I like how you say psychopath like they do instead of psychopath like a... like. Oh. You, you you change your rhythm oh, to, to, I, be, to be I didn't even, British. I didn't even notice that. I'm British. <laughs> I, oi. Um, you should do this whole review <laughs> no, in a I, British I can't accent. Keep, I can't keep that up. I can't either. It caught me accent. No, I can't keep that up. Um, I watched him Peaky Blinders the other day. I had to turn on subtitles so I understand what the boy is saying. <laughs> um, so you're introduced to him as a character and kind of how why how he grew up and why he thinks he's a psychopath. Uh, hurting animals, um, dipping his own hand in boiling oil. Yeah. Uh, which you're like, oh man, maybe this kid is. And yeah. it's kind of, it comes across God. as that kind of uh, Dexter vibe. Got butterfly effect, like uh, the one kid who was like beating the dog in the sack and set it on fire. And do you remember butterfly effect? Vaguely. Okay, well, never mind. I remember it was a movie. I remember I saw that. I remember it was, I thought it was okay. Um, but just going through his day and very, very Dexter-esque in that he, you're connecting with him because he's being honest with you. And the whole, uh, the way he presents his dad is like this annoying just presence in his life. Um, you don't really find out too much about his mom until later in the series. Um, but it's this weird trick of like he tells you, tells the audience he thinks he might be a psychopath and he wants to kill someone like he says that he he wants to kill someone because he's never killed someone yeah, before bigger game yeah um but you're automatically on his side because you start to see things from his point of view even though you might not agree with what he's doing Taylor, are you saying you wanted to kill someone too when you were listening to him who hasn't <laughs> and and to flip that on the other side we're also introduced to Alyssa halfway through this episode and you get the same kind of treatment. It is a limited voiceover from her perspective explaining why she is the way she is or the way she would like to portray herself. Um, and then how the two meet and how this whole, this wild trip they go on ends up coming together. And you think that James is going to kill Alyssa because that's, what, well, he he wants wants, that's what he wants to do. And she has no idea but she, her intention is to get away from her situation and thinks James is an escape. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the acting out teenager, you know, we all did that, um, that type of stuff. But halfway through this whole series, it can put, everything gets turned on its head when James falls in love with Alyssa. And you learn that maybe, and it's not that he was a psychopath and love turned him, it was... Maybe he was never a psychopath to begin with. Um, even though, you know, he hurt some animals or whatever like that. Like, he couldn't bring himself to... The only person he kills is someone who is trying to hurt Alyssa. Mm-hmm. Um, the creepy author, uh, serial rapist, capture murder... Uh, Clive. Person. Clive. What a, what a great name for, for a, a villain. villain. Yes. Yeah. It was absolutely perfect. Um and then it becomes, and then it becomes like a Bonnie and Clyde story. Like they're on the run from the law because they try as best they can to cover their tracks because they did something bad, but it was in a self-defense type of act. And yeah. it just it gets crazy. But you fall in love with these characters, and I think overall, um, we don't have a rating scale yet, but I, I I'm gonna recommend this to people because. If it was if it was like a dark dark comedy, I would mm-hmm. recommend it to only a few people. But because it's a dark comedy that then that then turns itself into kind of this heartwarming teen romance, it's kind of there's I don't know of anybody who wouldn't like the show actually. Yeah, it's solid. And one thing I wanted to point out too that and you kind of made this point was there James and Alyssa are like opposites. James thinks he's one way but on the outside portrays more of who he actually is. 
Alyssa, on the other hand, acts out, but on the inside, like, is more who she really is. And so, like, it's just inverted there. Uh, and I thought that dynamic was interesting, too. Yeah, there's there's great irony in the show. I mean, you have that with the fact that, you know, things don't, for them, don't really come to fruition until the very end, which is kind of when things are supposed to happen. Yeah. Um, but the fact that the whole time... Alyssa is presenting this front and then her voiceover is indicating the opposite of what she's (laughs) saying. But as it goes on, it gets truer and truer and she starts to, or even her voiceover is ironic. Even her voiceover is hiding who she really is. But then by the end, her barriers break down and she's presenting herself as who's who she actually is and that she is falling in love with James because James is doing all this stuff for her, um, and and then you have the then you have these like hysterical subplots, uh, like the the two detectives, yeah, who uh, the two lesbian detectives um, who had who, a mi- who apparently a I guess they had like a one, one night, night yeah I guess they had like a one night stand that's never divulged, but one of them wants to talk about it and the other is like no moving on yeah but she's like I got you a coffee and she's like no this is a crime scene yeah. <laughs> It's a lot of, like, awkward, like, hey, we should talk about what happened. I think I have feelings for you. And the other one's, like, having none of it. And the great thing is you jump right into that. Yeah. And you have no backstory. So it adds this, because I think it was a smart play because throughout the first couple episodes, it's funny because it's ironic because you know what each character is thinking, but the characters don't know what each other Thinking, is thinking that yeah. you know everything and then once they kill clive it's like that becomes so dark and it's actually such a moment of truth like it happens and it's not funny it happens and you're like oh, he's like you see it coming yeah like he's gotta kill him yeah and it happens and you're like oh shit he actually did it but it's not funny it's just it was in the moment because she's terrified she's actually she's vulnerable mm-hmm. which is the first time we actually see that happen um she comes off as strong, especially in some of the first episodes where she's like, hey, I'm coming over tomorrow. You're going to eat my pussy. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> like she, she's very forward, yeah. but as a front. And so like this and, is, yeah. This and is he the first said time. she's, she said she's coming over at noon. I didn't think she, uh, I didn't realize she wasn't coming until one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, just the way the, the characters present uh, themselves and the, then to jump in after this dark, truthful moment into this this one this one accidental one night stand relationship between the two detectives was was kind of funny but then you get into them and they're trying to figure out who killed Clive and then they present themselves as exact opposites yeah which is which is a great case um and then you've got the whole Alyssa's uh mother being in like the wor- one of the worst marriages ever um you well, she doesn't seem too upset with it, other than the fact that, like, now it's strained her relationship with her daughter. I, th- I and even I, that, like, I don't know. I, I, uh, yeah, I can see that. My, the way I took it was, uh, Alyssa's mother knew she was not in great relationships in general, um, but she did. She doesn't know what else to do. Like, it was kind of a very helpless character. Um, I wouldn't say that, I mean, maybe she feigned happiness, but I don't think she was ever happy throughout this. Um, and I think that's, you know, that's one reason why Alyssa left. Um, other than her stepdad was a creep, she just didn't want to see her mom like that, thought her mom was just helpless, you know, didn't want to be like that at all. Um, and then, and you, you feel for her, because at first you're like, oh, Alyssa's parents are jerks, you know? Like, yeah. like together, collectively, they are jerks you dive into a little bit more backstory and you figure out, oh, this is actually what's going on. And um, the, the stepdad, I can't remember his name, but he's like groping her and making weird comments and, yeah. and stuff like that. And You can look good if you put in a little effort or something yeah, like that. Yeah, and then you flip on the flip side. James, you discover kind of the backstory is that his mom, in the first episode, he says his mom was living in Japan. You later find out his mom is dead. Then you even later find out that she committed suicide in front of him, which you're like, holy crap, that's dark. Yeah. And I think it was smart to make that a gradual revelation as opposed to just starting off with that. Um, 
And also, you come a complete 180 on his dad, too. His dad is just annoying, this annoying presence in his life. And you realize that I think James has a – I'm going to butcher the quote, but he said something about, like, his dad talks all the time because he hates the silence. Yeah, because Which the I silence, thought was, the I silence thought, is painful. I thought it was extremely powerful. And then all of a sudden you feel for his dad who just wants his son to come home and, and acknowledges that his son is strange but has always loved his son, has always given him the support that he thought he needed or, or whatever. Not a, not a, you know not an abusive parent or anything like that. Um, which I that all the characters in there, and even as I'm talking about it out loud, I realized that probably there was a lot more. There's a lot more in this show than I would have given it credit for. Not yeah. in a bad way, but just when you're watching it. And I've grown, only watched it one time through. But you watch it the first time through, and you finish it. Like I finished this yeah. in the morning. Yeah, same yeah. evening. For me, yeah, and but... I was like, oh, it's done. Oh, that was fun. And then yeah. I don't think to look back. And, and watch it but but it constantly kind of puts you on your head where you're like you're told something about a character and just slowly throughout the show you realize that's not true about that character and it kind of happens with every character that's introduced pretty much and that's kind of what you've been hitting on too like it's like oh yeah his dad sucks but no his dad doesn't suck and yeah. you just you keep getting these unveils as James and Alyssa's walls keep coming down and they're getting more vulnerable with each other this stuff starts getting uncovered and you actually start seeing that like they have people in their lives that care for them and they like aren't who they said they were when they started out. I think the only thing that you kind of saw coming was Alyssa's dad. Yeah. At the very end, like the whole mission of her wanting to go see her dad. And based off of the fact that she was, she was leaving an emotionally abusive household to go and find her dad, well, well, dear viewer, none of us were thinking, oh, she's going to go meet her dad, and it's going to be perfect. Yeah. Like, they got there, and he's all welcoming, and it's great, but, you know, it shows, oh, he lives under trailer on the beach. That's kind of cool, kind of low-key. Okay, that's fine. Oh, wait, he's... He's a drug dealer, too. All right, well... And James kind of hits on it, too, when they're practicing throwing knives together. He's like, I've never met an adult like him before. He's broken. Mm -hmm. Like, he's not a full adult. And so, like, even that, like, James kind of pegs him right away. And it's like, there's something wrong with this guy. Mm -hmm. And I think because he knows that because he is. He's yeah. broken. Like, he realizes that. And, yeah, and it turns out that Alyssa's dad is just as big as douchebag as, as any of the douchebags in this show. And now there's actually not too many characters you hate in this show. There's like one or two. Um, Clive. Clive, yes. <clears throat> Alyssa's stepdad and Alyssa's dad. Um, and the way he turns on them, the way Alyssa's dad turns on them at the very end, like for reward money and stuff like that. And then he ends up getting stabbed in the leg, which I thought was hysterical. Um, he takes the knife out like he was told not to and then passes out. Yeah. And yeah. And, and Alyssa finds out that he, that she has a half brother and that her dad abandoned him too. So it's kind of, you know, she gets, she gets mad about that as anybody should. Yeah. Um, now to, to jump to the end of it, James is running away. Mm -hmm. He wants to save Alyssa and the current story for the law for law enforcement is that these two kids killed Clive together, um, and robbed a convenience store at gunpoint. And oh yeah, I forgot about the convenience store thing, which yeah. a, Frodo. A, a hysterical scene <laughs> with an attendant actually named Frodo by his mother. Which in that scenario, like you're rooting for Frodo, you're rooting <laughs> yeah. for him so hard, you're rooting for his mom who is. Trying to prevent their convenience store from being robbed. Is but, that his mom? Is that? Yeah. I don't know. I didn't know that that was ever really stated explicitly, if you're supposed to assume that, or if just he worked there because that's all there kind of was in the area. See, I, I thought it was a, a mom and son situation, and maybe that was completely subtext, or maybe I, I, maybe there was a reference and I heard it, but I can't cite it offhand. Gotcha. Um, but I don't recall thinking that while I was watching it. Okay. Okay. Well, that's fair. I mean, if there's no, I mean, I, I can't remember. Um, maybe it's just something I inferred, but I liked the, uh, if you ever worked retail, there's a moment where a customer is leaving after Frodo has rung them up and the woman, maybe the mom walks up and is like, 
did you try and sell them a cancer research bracelet? And he's like, yes. And she's like, did you? <laughs> he's like, no. And she's like, well, don't come crying to me when you get cancer. Uh, such, such a line. And I was just like, damn. But, uh, but if you've ever worked retail, there's always something that they want you to push on people. Little add-ons. Uh, also, just little, little things like that to add relatability. Yeah. Um, I was just looking to see if there was anything indicated about their relationship, but it, it doesn't really matter. Um, but this woman, her store's getting robbed, but you're not rooting for her store not to get robbed. You're rooting for your Bonnie and Clyde. You're rooting for James and Alyssa yeah. to get away. And the way they deal with it is hysterical with the, that he puts, James put his hands in his pocket, his jacket pocket and holds it up like a gun, which you're like, no way that's going to work. But it does because he just like rattles off the name and specs of a gun that he yeah that with he an knows. extended clip and all yeah. this extra stuff oh yeah he does all that stuff um so that whole scene was was great but we got sidetracked talking just talking about the very end um the story the law enforcement law enforcement officers are understanding uh the dcs are understanding is that james and Melissa killed clive together um but when DC uh, Noon gets there, played by Gemma Whelan, um, she gets to the trailer, tells them, okay, if it was self-defense, just come with me. But, you know, Alyssa and James know or informed that there's, there might be jail time and they're afraid to go to jail. So what do they do? They run. Well, one of the important parts, too, is when we read the synopsis, they're both 17, but the day before... The end of this series, right. James turns 18, so he is no longer underage. Right, even though the crime was committed beforehand. Yeah. And uh, that's what the other the other DC, Durego, uh, wants to do is catch him when he's 18. They want to wait to find him until he's 18 so they can try him in a, as an adult, which I thought was sneaky. Yeah. I thought was real sneaky. Um, you don't really root for her much in you like don't. any you, of this. Uh, I think... <laughs> Yeah, I think you uh, you can side with her a little bit during the during her exchange with DC Noon, being about their awkward one, one night, night stand thing, that we yeah. never see, just because you can relate to it and you're like, I don't want to talk about it, you know. <laughs> um, but once uh, DC Noon gets to the trailer um, and explains to them that they might have jail time or whatever, you know, because uh, Alex or uh, James is an adult, um, they're like, no, and they yeah. run. Well, then they ask Alyssa's like if. We do go with you. We go to the same place. And then DC Noon starts explaining that because James is 18, that no, they won't go to the same place. So Alyssa knocks her out. And, and then, they, they and get then back she, on the run. And then, and then Alyssa wishes James a happy birthday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, she's like, I would have got you something. <laughs> she said that right before she knocked out DC Noon with the butt of a shotgun. Um, but then they take off. Uh, James, in this complete 180 from when we first found him, not that he was a selfish person, but just his, the, his actions, saying that it's better if they, police, uh, think that I kidnapped you and made you do all these things. So mm -hmm. he, he tries to save her, and he knocks her over the head with the yeah. shotgun so he can try and run away. And we see him running down the beach and shots are being fired at him. And we cut to black and we hear a gunshot. And that's the end of the season one. Yeah. Um, so we're not, we don't know uh, how that ends up. Um, but I think as a whole, I, I was trying to think of what it reminded me of other than the obvious uh, Bonnie and Clyde mm -hmm. parallels. Um, a little bit of Natural Born Killers. Um, but like, but way, way less, you know, but way subdued. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, and pro any kind of like teen, uh, dramedy that you would, it'd be like one boy and one girl, whether it's Juno or, or something like that. Um, that had a little bit of the quirkiness to it as well. Yeah. Um, definitely recommend it. Um, I'm looking forward to see if they renew it for a second season. What would um, they do with the second season? Well, I mean, I always took the cut to black. Like, I guess they do leave it open to interpretation, mm -hmm. but like, very tragedy inspired. Like, well, yeah, but the other argument, the main, the main argument for me when that something like that happens is like, you don't know, go you way. don't know, you yeah. know. Um, so they could come back, and he, I don't think if they brought it back for a second season, I don't think they would kill him. I think they would injure him and like it would be a trial or something like that or maybe they both escape i don't know it would um, be hilarious if 
it was just his good hand got shot. So then he had the deep fried hand and like a, a bullet scarred other hand. That would be that would be. And they just good. like play that up that like there'd be some hand holding incident again. Yeah. And she's like, not that hand. And she's like, oh yeah, wait. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the other hand is better. Yeah. Yeah, I could. That's funny. I didn't think about that. That's pretty good. Um, yeah, but this this show went by super quick. And like I said earlier, you guys, if you guys want to watch it, go for it. I mean, it's eight episodes, twenty minutes long. Yeah, it's It'll not a super long investment. Under uh, three hours, you're done. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's like a long movie. It is, which one can argue all Netflix original series are pretty much long movies at this point. Some of them are long. Movies. Some of them are real long movies. Um, but yeah, do you have any other uh, any thoughts on the end of, end of the effing world? No, I just I agree. Uh, I've been recommending this to people. Uh, there is some very British humor in here, uh, which I'm a fan of, but not everyone is. So uh, yeah, if you, if you need something to watch, I definitely recommend checking out End of the Effing World. Yeah, definitely. Um, so we agree. We do, which is rare. You guys will come, come to understand that we often argue, but we didn't really argue this Not episode. I feel like we've let the viewers down. I know. I've even like... Because we even, we even both like the candy. I know. And I even did. admitted fault that uh, I was wrong about Conquer and that mm-hmm. he did come out in Diddy Kong Racing first. For those of so you, this keep, is for those of you keeping tame. score at home, it's one me. Oh, Mark zero. Well, I don't like that. But... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, this, uh, is, this has been very tame as far as argumentative. Yeah, for uh, sure. We need to find something more polarizing. All right, we'll we'll fi- we'll figure out something for next week. Um, real quick before you go, uh, Mark, what are you uh, what are you looking forward to uh, about this next week, or just about something that you heard about that we haven't had a chance to cover? Hmm. Uh, I guess something I've been excited for recently is uh, Monster Hunter World for PS4. I'll bring it back to games because that's what I do. Um, the beta is running this weekend uh, to test that out, and I've got some coworkers as well as some friends who just wanted to uh, pal around and hunt monsters for the weekend while we have the beta to see if it's something we'd want to jump in on uh, when the full game is released next week. And so looking forward to that. Um, there's actually been another beta for Dragon Ball Fighters, uh, which if you've watched Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z, Dragon Ball Super, any of that, there's a lot of good content in there. And um, actually, next week starts a pirate-themed uh, MMO Arr. from uh, Rare. Actually, it's their first like game game what? in a while. Because they, 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 they did were like dead. what happened? Nope, they did like Connect Sports and stuff. Okay, uh, they had them doing stuff like that. Now that Microsoft owns them, but they have a game coming out called Sea of Thieves uh, that's coming out in March. And essentially, you are a pirate, and you get together with your friends and run a pirate crew, run the ship. You actually have people like working the mast and the sails and uh, one person navigating. And if you pre-order that, uh, either online or in stores, you get a code that allows you to access to the closed beta that is coming up, I believe, starting January 24th. Uh, so lots of, lots of betas and things to test out uh, to see if it's something I want to invest in for the final product. Uh, but that's what I would have to say. How about you, Taylor? That sounds pretty fun. Um, something I'm really excited about that I've been excited about for a while, but only because I knew it existed and didn't really know too much about it. Um, Duncan Jones, uh, as the film director, has been working on this movie called Mute for Ooh. years. Not, um, not Warcraft 2? No, no, Mute for years. It was even before Warcraft. Like, it was kind of a passion project type thing. And I didn't really, I haven't really found out too much about it other than it was a movie that he was working on. He finished shooting, I think, last, maybe last year or two years ago. He filmed a lot of it in Germany. Um, but it, he announced today, officially, it got picked up by Netflix and will be streaming on February 23rd. Shout out to um, Netflix, doing the Lord's work. That's right. Uh, big fans of Duncan Jones uh, here. Um, maybe not the Warcraft movie. <laughs> it was okay. No, it wasn't good. Duncan, I know I, I love you and I, I, I want to meet you one day because I really respect, uh, I love the moon. I love source code. Um, so think, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing this new, this new film from you and it's got, uh, it's got Paul Rudd, it's got Joel oh, nice, McHale and it's got nice. Alexander Skarsgård. Um, so I'm very curious to learn more about it. I'm sorry. I don't know more about it. Maybe next week I'll know more about it. Um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of what I'm, uh, looking, looking forward to on my end. Um, well, Mark, Taylor, I think that about wraps it up. I think so. What do you got to say what? to the people? You want to say thank you to the people? Yeah. We've rambled on for a while now. 
so yeah, uh, thanks for listening. We appreciate it. We are just getting started here. We're trying to get more structured with how we approach these things. Uh, but we also like the freeform conversational approach a bit too. So uh, if you like what you hear, definitely check us out. And uh, Taylor, outside of the podcast, where can they find you? <laughs> uh, people can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Tay D. Adams. Um, you can also check out more about Scrap Productions at scrapproductions.com. Um, this is a podcast put on through that, through that avenue. Uh, and if you like what you hear, first of all, thank you. Um, second of all, go ahead and hit the subscribe button. Um, what really would help us out too is if you rated us, um, left, some, left us some comments on Apple Podcasts. Um, any kind of feedback would be extremely greatly appreciated. Um, Mark, where can, the, where can the fans stalk you after this is over? After this is over, you can find me at Spider's Corner Games on Facebook, uh, and then Twitch, Instagram, and Twitter. I'm also Spider's Corner. Spiders with a Y. Yes, spiders with a Y. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you once again. Thank you guys so much for joining us. This has been the very first episode of Popcorn and Nerds, and we'll see you guys on the other side. Yeah, take care.